The University of Florida College of Medicine is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, ACCME, to provide continuing medical education for physicians. The University of Florida College of Medicine designates this enduring material for a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Physicians should claim only the credit commensurate with the extent of their participation in this activity. Today we're discussing the latest clinical guidelines for the management of stroke. We will examine pre-hospital management of acute ischemic stroke and stroke systems of care, the management of acute ischemic stroke in the emergency department, and the evaluation of acute ischemic stroke patients for mechanical thrombectomy. My guest is Dr. Brian Ho. He's the James and Brigitte Marino Family Professor and the Chair in the Department of Neurosurgery at the University of Florida and UF Health Shands Hospital. Dr. Ho, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Please start by telling us the prevalence of people affected by stroke in the United States. Stroke occurs in about 900,000 people in the United States each year. It's the fifth leading cause of death and the leading cause of disability in the United States. On average, about every 40 seconds, someone in the U.S. has a stroke. And one of every 18 deaths in the United States is from a stroke. Wow. Well, it certainly is prevalent. So, Dr. Ho, does the chain of events favoring good functional outcomes from an acute ischemic stroke, does that begin with the recognition of stroke when it occurs? Does the data show that the public knowledge of stroke warning signs is adequate? The outcome after an acute stroke starts with well-timed recognition and then care for the patient happening as soon as possible, and that starts in the pre-hospital setting when EMS arrives uh, where the patient is in the field. Well, then, even before we get into the importance of a designated stroke center, let's talk about stroke systems of care and the role of that pre-hospital provider situation. So please begin with the pre-hospital management and field treatment. What's important as far as EMS? Why is it so important that a patient or if someone suspects that they or a loved one are having a stroke, that they call 911. It's extremely important uh, because when an EMS arrives to take care of the patient, they need to recognize that a stroke may be occurring. The reason why this is important is because time is brain. Every minute that treatment for acute stroke is delayed results in a worse outcome uh, for the patient. And essential to that treatment is getting that patient to a center that can provide the appropriate stroke care. Dr. Ho, please tell us about the importance of a designated stroke center and stroke care in the quality improvement process. How does a center achieve that designation? And tell us about the designation at UF Health Shands Hospital. A stroke center designation is critically important. This is because EMS taking care of that acute stroke patient in the field will need to know where to take that patient for appropriate stroke care. IV alteplase is the first-line treatment for acute stroke, and so obviously a patient needs to go to a hospital that can provide IV alteplase. But if there's a hospital that's equally close by or not that much further away that can offer endovascular mechanical thrombectomy, then that would be the preferred destination for that patient because then a comprehensive treatment paradigm can be offered uh, for that patient. Uh, there are several certifications and designations for stroke hospitals, 
but the highest possible designation is a Joint Commission Comprehensive Stroke Center. UF Health Shands is a Joint Commission Comprehensive Stroke Center, which represents the top 2% of hospitals in the country taking care of stroke. In order to qualify as a Joint Commission Comprehensive Stroke Center, uh, we had to demonstrate through rigorous metrics uh, that we provide an interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary treatment approach to stroke patients and qualify by rigorous metrics for door-to-needle times, door-to-endovascular thrombectomy times, and outstanding outcomes uh, for our stroke patients. Well, I understand that you're one of the authors of the Stroke Guidelines. How were you chosen to be on the writing group for those guidelines? The American Heart Association and the American Stroke Association publishes their clinical guidelines for the early management of patients with acute ischemic stroke. And they gathered a number of uh, writing authors who are considered experts in the field uh, for acute stroke care. That is so interesting. And as we learn about those guidelines, do you feel that the development of an organized protocol and stroke team, that that speeds that clinical assessment, the performance of diagnostic studies and decisions for early management. Please explain emergency evaluation and diagnosis of acute ischemic stroke and the latest clinical guidelines. Standardized treatment protocols for acute stroke are critical. At certified stroke centers, standardized protocols dictate eligibility for patients to receive IV alteplase, which is the first-line treatment for acute stroke. Also, these guidelines can aid providers in choosing the best blood pressure management, blood glucose management, and other parameters for optimizing patients uh, for the best possible outcome after an acute stroke. For large vessel occlusion, which is the severest uh, type of acute stroke, patients might be eligible for mechanical thrombectomy and standardized protocols for getting those patients to endovascular treatment can be critical to their outcome. So Dr. Ho, before we get into mechanical thrombectomy and even TPA use, once in the emergency department, what imaging should an acute ischemic stroke patient have? What tests should be performed? Please speak about some of the imaging and what's new and exciting in the area. Once the diagnosis of acute ischemic stroke versus hemorrhagic stroke has been established by the non-contrast head CT scan, if the patient is eligible for IV alteplase, he or she should receive that. Then it will be essential to determine whether the patient has a large vessel occlusion. And that can be determined by imaging uh, called CT angiogram or MR angiogram, which shows the blood vessels of the brain and can aid in the diagnosis of a large vessel occlusion. This is important because large vessel occlusion can be treated by endovascular treatment called mechanical thrombectomy. Then Dr. Ho, tell us about the use of TPA and the implications for rapid response treatment. Tell us about the time window for its use and some concerns with using it and managing these patients. Patients with acute ischemic stroke who are eligible should definitely receive IV alteplase if they present within three hours of ischemic stroke symptom onset. That's a level 1A recommendation in the AHA ASA guidelines. But it's also recommended that patients within three to four and a half hours of ischemic stroke also 
be candidates eligible for IV Alta place. And that's supported by a number of European clinical trials that showed its benefit in these patients. That's a level 1B-R recommendation in the current AHA-ASA guidelines. Then what about the use of endovascular interventions, such as mechanical thrombectomy? Tell us the latest clinical guidelines for indications for use. The current AHA-ASA guidelines recommend strongly with a level 1A recommendation that patients with a large vessel occlusion in the anterior circulation who have a pre-stroke modified Rankin score of 0 to 1, meaning they are not disabled at baseline, who are age 18 or older, who have a severe stroke, meaning an NIH stroke score of 6 or greater, and have CT imaging demonstrating an aspect score of 6 or greater, uh, should receive mechanical thrombectomy within 6 hours of symptom onset. However, if patients present between the time windows of 6 to 16 hours or even 16 to 24 hours and they meet the eligibility criteria including perfusion imaging on CT perfusion or MR perfusion that they receive mechanical thrombectomy as well. Well, thank you for that comprehensive answer. So after diagnosis, speak about general supportive care and treatment of acute complications. For example, blood pressure and the role of aspirin or dual antiplatelet medications after stroke. Tell us about some of the things that go on after the stroke and the multidisciplinary care that a patient usually needs to receive. So the guidelines give recommendations that blood pressure be maintained at less than 180 systolic and 105 diastolic after an acute ischemic stroke and during and for the 24 hours after a mechanical thrombectomy procedure. It's recommended uh, that patients receive aspirin within 24 to 48 hours after the onset of an acute ischemic stroke. For those treated with IV alteplase, aspirin is generally delayed until 24 hours later. Aspirin is also recommended for patients that undergo mechanical thrombectomy. So interesting, and, and the technology right now is really amazing. Dr. Ho, tell us about some promising new therapies. If you were to look forward to the next 10 years in the field, what do you feel will be some of the more important areas of research for stroke care? Well, there are always uh, continuing evolution and development in the endovascular devices and techniques we use for mechanical thrombectomy. And certainly, the current generation of endovascular devices that we use are much better uh, than the first devices that we used in the past and were developed. And we are getting much better outcomes uh, for our patients. So I see in the future continued evolution and development of better and more innovative endovascular devices and techniques. Also, there are currently no pharmacologic or non-pharmacologic neuroprotective treatments uh, to treat patients with acute stroke, but there's always the hope that in the future that a neuroprotective agent will be found that will also aid our acute ischemic stroke patients. Wow, what an exciting time, Dr. Ho, as we wrap up. What else would you like other providers to know about UF Health Shands Hospital at the University of Florida Stroke Program and when they should consider a transfer or referral to this program? 
UF Health Shands Hospital is a Joint Commission Comprehensive Stroke Center, which means that it is one of the top 2% of hospitals in the country taking care of stroke. As a comprehensive stroke center, we obviously offer IV alteplase and other uh, stroke treatments, but also have 24-7, 365 endovascular mechanical thrombectomy providers that can provide this essential treatment for patients with large vessel occlusion as well as other types of ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. And please end by telling us about your team. We are fortunate to have an interdisciplinary team of emergency medicine physicians, EMS, vascular neurosurgeons, vascular neurologists, neurocritical care physicians, nursing, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech and swallow, case management, as well as a multitude of other services that are skilled and certified to take care of stroke patients. Wow, that certainly is multidisciplinary and such a comprehensive stroke program. Thank you so much, Dr. Ho, for joining us and sharing your incredible expertise today. And that wraps up this episode of UF Health Med EdCast with UF Health Shands Hospital. To learn more about this and other healthcare topics at UF Health Shands Hospital, please visit ufhealth.org slash medmatters to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other UF Health Shands Hospital podcasts. For more health tips and updates on the latest medical advancements and breakthroughs, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Melanie Cole.